Well, it's a tragedy that it's not enough. In fact, that the uh, share price actually increased because the uh, investment community thought there might be a higher fine. And particularly tragic is that this is coming from the United States and the money stays in the U.S. as well as in Britain and Brazil. But the uh, victims are all over Africa. I would probably include South Africa, though we haven't seen any formal investigations of what Glencore did here. It was partnered with uh, President Cyril Ramaphosa's former company, Shanduka. And uh, the allegations were made about the way in which uh, the optimum mine that uh, President Ramaphosa chaired um, until he became deputy president in 2014. And his company, Shanduka, owned. He eventually got rid of Shanduka in 2016. But they certainly made a killing when uh, there was a renegotiation of the coal price uh, that was paid to Optimum by ESCOM, and that was uh, partly because President Ramaphosa was then deputy president, was head of the ESCOM war room. Now, these are allegations that the Zondo Commission did air, and, and a very unreliable source, Brian Malefe, made those allegations. But I still think that the tragic uh, process here is where once again shown that when it's a big international company, Hitachi being another, they can bribe African governments. Hitachi bribed the ANC through the uh, 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 Chancellor House Investment Wing uh, to basically get the boiler contract at Madupi. Terrible corruption in that. They paid about uh, 300 million rand fine. But like uh, Glencore, uh, paying a fine to the U.S., no Africans are going to benefit, and yet they're the victims. It's a classic problem, isn't it, of our own states being so state-captured and the regulators being captive regulators that we can't get the benefit when there are some important investigations like this. Now, Glencore was mentioned, as you indicated, in the state capture report, but they denied the allegations made at the state capture inquiry that it aimed to use President Silver Maposa to extract money from ESCOM. Where is South Africa in all of this whole saga, you think? Well, we're pretty much the most corrupt uh, country for corporate activity. Don't take that from me. I'm biased. I'm a political economist, and I'm a critic of our uh, big corporates because I think they uh, profited massively from a crime against apartheid humanity and never paid reparations. So I'm, I'm already biased, but don't take it from me. <laughs> uh, take it from PwC, right? <laughs> it's also uh, often alleged uh, to be a corrupt company uh, all over the world, including in South Africa. But they actually uh, do uh, every two years a study called the um, Economic Crime and Fraud Survey. And during the 2010s, our Santon, Midrand, Umschlange, Stellenbosch, Cape Town corporates always ranked number one. Uh, now, the last survey, we, we ranked number two, tied for number two. India took over as number one. China tied with South Africa for number two. Usually it's uh, companies from France, especially Total Oil Company, and others that are also very high in the rankings of economic crime, right? And so we really uh, have a very, very weak, I'd say, treasury, which nudge, nudge, wink, winks on illicit financial flows. The Reserve Bank, which has been uh, regularly uh, deregulating on Sorry about that. Regularly deregulating capital flight, and there are many, you know, many cases where our regulators we just basically leave it to the Competition Commission to try to to, to clean this up, and it's just not enough yet. Well, over a billion rand in fines, but in light of this development, are we perhaps justified to think now that Glencore could have had a corrupt relationship with the South African government, and should the lawmakers in South Africa now be looking into their own investigations? Well, yes. I mean, the, uh, everyone's innocent until proven guilty, and we're not really yet seeing uh, a company that was so riddled with corruption right up to the very top. Ivan Glassenberg, the head, must have known about all this. His 
number two in, in the oil and in, uh, number two in the copper divisions have been named. Glassenberg was born here in Johannesburg, uh, and he became as head of the coal operation in South Africa, very close to the former head. His name was Mark Rich, and he's very infamous right before he died uh, for um, breaking apartheid uh, uh, arms uh, sanctions and oil sanctions. And you know, he's really one of the people who, <clears throat> from the Western financial world, uh, was, was very, very close to the apartheid regime. And so that's where Mark Rich and company became Glencore. Now, for Glassenberg, he's worth $9 billion. That's about more than a tenth of the value of Glencore, which is the biggest mining, uh, well, it's a mining plus um, minerals trading company in the world. And uh, they've got a very big presence here in Johannesburg, and I think it is. I mean, they sold their coal operations as uh, divestment pressure from the climate activists hit hard in the last couple of years. But basically, they are a company that's been getting away with a great deal of, uh, let's say, um, you know, very unpleasant activity over the years. And we'd have to look at Johannesburg as one of the sites where especially with the apartheid relationship. Mm-hmm. That's really been, uh, I think, it's worth looking into even further. Over a billion dollars in that settlement agreement, but is it enough, Professor, or does it sound like perhaps a reward for their corruption? Yeah, it's not, not very much when you think of the extraordinary uh, gains from uh, mineral and oil extraction from uh, especially the African continent, where there were several countries where it was you know, very clearly documented and, and Glencore didn't contest that its executives bribed corrupt African leaders. And so we, we always think, okay, Africa's poor. Why? This is maybe the tip of the iceberg in various countries, Nigeria, you know, being a good, good example, where they have enormous wealth. The wealth is, uh, is basically depleted. Uh, we had, for example, here in Johannesburg, half the world's gold at one point depleted. And what have we got to show for it, really? Well, it's a huge industrial infrastructure and lots of nice real estate, but that wealth doesn't really revolve back into uh, the productive circuits, and that's because these companies have, have siphoned it off for their shareholders. I mean, for most of the last uh, 20, 25 years, Glencore was a privately held company, mostly by Glassenberg and his, and his close cronies. Uh, it went public a few years ago. But the, the main point about that is that, that uh, Africa grows poorer and poorer because we haven't got systems to recirculate the wealth of the continent when in the face of these very, very corrupt companies, it's just been siphoned out.